You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Football Show Extra right here on SM Media. I'm Scott Pike. It's an absolute pleasure to be your host as always. We've got Cumberland United special in this week's episode. We're delighted to be joined by the manager of Cumberland, Tony Fraser. Tony, it's a pleasure to welcome you on the show. Thanks for coming on. No problem. Thanks very much for having us, so Scott. It's an absolute pleasure to, be, to have you back on the show. And we're joined by the captain of Cumberland, Danny Boyle. Danny, it's a pleasure to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Scott. Cheers. Brilliant. Obviously, we're recording this on a Thursday night, and it's been it's been a quiet week, hasn't it? There's not been a lot happening in Scottish football. It's been obviously we need to we'll touch on it straight away before we get into talking about Cumberland. Obviously, the, the news has come through. Stephen Gerrard has left Rangers to join Aston Villa. Tony, your immediate reaction to that? Were you surprised when that came through that that was that Gerrard was leaving to go to the Premier League? Uh, I was and I wasn't to be honest. Um, listen, it's I think. Kind of similarities, isn't it, with the Brendan Rodgers thing with Celtic? It's just, I think it just shows you where the old firm are at the moment financially. So, I mean, it just there's a shelf life as a manager at the old firm, they can only go so far. Do you think Rodgers maybe hit his peak and felt he couldn't go any further? I don't know, maybe Gerard's just thinking the same. Maybe he's just hit that that point where he just kind of get them to go any further and he's not got the money to go kind of actually go and do what he wants to do. And listen. He's fade down south and he's made his career in that league, so he'll be thinking he can go down there and get a good crack at it and, and ultimately get where he wants to be, which is obviously back at Liverpool. I think I think you, you have kind of explained a lot of how I feel about it as well. There's obviously a lot to get into, and we'll we'll get we'll kind of do a wee special show on that during the week. But Danny's struggling to hide his smile, as I can see. Are you happy to see the back of Gerard? Honestly, right, honestly. I wasn't that bothered. It was here. See last year, mate, right? And I'm obviously biased. The only person that lost the league or won the league was Lennon. It was a a shambles last year, mate. And I know I'm biased and I know it's this and it's that. But see, pre-COVID, before, when there was fans in that, Gerald was a game away for the sack. Lost against Hamilton. Miles by Inselic. COVID happened. Celtic struggled big time with that. Rangers prospered. I'm surprised that I've taken him, to be honest with you. Like, I, I think the, the kind of catalyst for Gerard's success has been Michael Beale. So I think he was probably the, the big reason that they've maybe taken him as well as opposed to just Gerard. I think, I, I don't know, I have no idea how he'll do there. I think a lot of Rangers fans are obviously sad to see him going that because they, they were in a horrendous state before he came back. Um so he's left him in a better place. So I suppose a wee bit like I was better when Rogers left as well. And a lot of Rangers fans are better than now. But he's uh, he's left him in a better place. Celtic didn't do the right thing by announcing Lennon after Rogers left. So it's just for Rangers fans out making sure our Rangers as a club making sure they don't do the same or make the same mistakes Celtic did. Um, <laughs> for me, again, being biased. Last year was obviously Rangers ran away with it and that, and this year we see it looking a bit better. I don't know whether it's the first sign of a real challenge after success, and he's thinking I, I need to get out before maybe because if Rangers lost the league this season at Celtic, that would be shambolic and it wouldn't be great in Gerard's CV either. So I don't know whether it's maybe part of that reason why he's kind of opted to move south, as well as obviously having 50 grand a week he's might be getting. So 
it's some wage when you see that in it. It's, oh, I I know. It's, but again, it's one of these things that obviously there's there's more to come out of it and we'll we'll kinda of talk about it more in the, the flagship show. But we'll get into Cumbernauld. Let's get into talking about the, the real Scottish football. We'll start with Cumbernauld. Obviously, we'll talk about your season so far. Seventeen points for seventeen games, five wins, two draws, ten defeats. Tony, I spoke to you at the start of the season and you said the main the main prerogative was to stay in the league. It's been it's, how would you rate the season so far and how you are how you're getting? Is it stable enough for where you have kind of thought um, the season would start? Well, listen, we've been pleased with a lot of stuff. We've kind of been not so pleased with some other stuff that's happened. Um, but <clears throat> we spoke last week as a group and we looked at our points total 17 points, and I think we're fair where the points are. I think every point that we've won, we've deserved. And I think the games we lost, we deserve to lose their games as well. I think the only one I would say we're probably two points behind is I thought the game at we home to Burnley. I thought we were really good that day. We should have won the game. We didn't. We ended up, we drew the game. Um, so I think we probably deserved an extra two points in that game. But other than that, I think probably fair's fair. Danny, what's, how has been your kind of overall thoughts on the season so far? As we say, obviously, it's five wins, two draws, 10 defeats and 17 points. It's, how's your kind of thoughts on it so far? Obviously, started off really well um, and then had a wee bit of a kind of tough run. The fixtures, a few injuries, everyone's been affected with COVID, so that's not an excuse, but <laughs> the injuries probably hampered this a, a wee bit again in some games. But I agree with Tony, like 17 points, I'd, I'd probably think we, with him we should be maybe three, four points better off than that. And if you look at where that would be, that we would be sitting in the league if we were three or four points better off, we'd be more or less mid-table. So it's so tight that it, it's going to be a, an interesting season. And But when, if, if we have all our players fit and available and stuff like that, then... I, I like Tony suggested at the start of the season. I'd I'd fancy ourselves to be to be safe. To be honest, with you. What about the start? Obviously, the first three games, seven points, wins over Rossville, Cumnock, and then a, a draw with Clyde Bank. Tony, that the start must have gave you a lot of confidence that it could have been a it could be a good season. Obviously, the the big one there was obviously the one against Cumnock. What was your kind of overall reaction after three games? We were hoping the season was going to get cold. <laughs> it's, um, that'll be us. We've, we've done enough. Just call it there. We'll start again next season. Oh, listen, it was it was great for the players because Cumbernauld in the season before, before any of us were there, never had a single point on the board. Right. So the fact that they'd went and it wasn't just the first three games. We went through the whole of pre-season unbeaten as well. Mm-hmm. So we came into it on a bounce. The players were kind of buying into what we were trying to do, what we were trying to achieve, and we just went for we were going into games and. They didn't have a fear. They were just going in and, and they were going and playing. Whereas we went to, went to Clyde Bank and I seen Clyde Bank at the top top side and we knew they were going to have a lot of the ball. But we went in there with a game plan and we frustrated them. And the, the two equalisers they scored well. It was an injury time first half, an injury time second half. Mm. I mean, we were so close um, to turning them, and they were one of the favourites to be winning the league at that point. And then when we go to Cumnock, I think that was in the weekend after we played Clyde Bank. And we were terrific that day, absolutely terrific. And it wasn't a fluke result or a lucky result. I think we were we were by far better than Cumnock on the day. Um, and we started really, really well. But listen, we never got too high at that point. We never felt all right, well, maybe wherever we were sitting, third in the league or whatever it was, but we never ever thought, oh, this is this is going to be your season, this is where we're going to be. We always knew 
the speed bumps were going to come and we always knew we were going to hit them and we were going to have some some ropey moments and some weeks where we took maybe a couple of sore ones. But as I said, it's just about getting through the bad ones and making sure everybody's still intact and the confidence is still there and you attack the games that where you, you target points and you go and kind of make sure you get them. But I think as well, 17 points, and a lot of people look at 17 points and think it's not a good return, but we've, all the big guns, we've played away from home. Mm-hmm. Apart from Darville, they're the only ones we've played at home. Everybody else we've been to, so we've been to New Orleans Field, Beachwood, Kowinan, Meda, Pollock. We've, we've been to all their places now. So when, when they come back round, they've got to come to come and hold. So, do you know what I mean? A lot, you can say I the hard ones that are the way they're still hard listening when you play them at home, but you would give yourself more of a chance when you're playing at home. So I'll be looking forward to the to the remainder of the season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Danny, would you kind of share your thoughts in the first three games? Was that a, as good a start as you could have hoped for? It was an excellent start, like for especially for the boys that were there last year. Um <laughs> the, the sort of elation after the first game of beating Rossville and that, and a lot of the boys were buzzing and we kind of came in and we said well that's it's nothing really essentially it's obviously a good result in that a few of the boys we lost seven out of seven last year but obviously I think they were a bit of shambles last year to be honest with you so um I we, we, the, the start was great um and then as I said a few well a few tough games few injuries and that I feel as if it's knocked us a wee bit but I think we're, we're, we're certain we've got a runny fixtures obviously we're targeting the next kind of well up to lead, leading up to Christmas to, um, we want to give our best shot in that and look to, to get as much out of that as possible. So, um, as Tony said, I we went to the, the, the difficult teams like Talbot, we more or less two centre mids in defence, um, a centre mid playing right mid. Like just all, Boys were just kind of having to fill the positions. We were struggling for numbers, so I know it's excuses and that, but there's a reason they're going to have downturn and form in this league and stuff with, with stuff like that going on. So, I no, definitely looking forward to the rest of the season as well now that we seem to be getting a lot of boys back for it. After the start that the you had, obviously unbeaten in the first three games, uh, there was a 4 0 defeat to Largs and then obviously a 2 0 defeat to Meadow. Tony, were they disappointing results after the start, especially the Largs one? Uh, the the Largs one was a real downer that night because it was a midweek game on Wednesday night and we spoke about it on the Monday. And I, and I said to the players, look, these are the games I kind of fear. Because sorry, right, got to Clyde Banks and Cumnocks and stuff like that. Well, players' performances take it, take care of themselves. But you need to in large hadn't they started well at all. And they were coming on it. I think it was the back of a, maybe a five-one defeat would be something like that. So I mean you could see I could see the players start going, Oh, here, it's enough three points here, easy. And it wasn't. It? I mean, to be fair, the first five minutes of that game we actually started well and we looked at it. We then lost a goal and it just gave large this big a big bit of belief, and then, but to be fair to us, I thought they, they played really, really well that night. Logs, um, what we played equally, we were as bad. But no, that was a, it was a sore one that one. Danny, the logs result was that a, was that a sore one for the dressing room as well? Obviously, after the the kind of good start he's had. I definitely. As Tony said, we started that game well. We could turn it up maybe early, early doors, and then I, I don't know the boy's name. We ten for logs. He he was excellent to be honest with you, we just couldn't handle him. Um and everything he touched kinda of turned to gold that night. Um I think I think he scored they certainly assisted a couple and we, we we found it really difficult to get back in the game when we were two down 
sort of early first half we were chasing it a wee bit maybe ourselves not kind of being rigid in our shape that we need to be just because we we're thinking why we, how are we 2-0 down for the great start to the season as Tony said I think maybe it was a uh, we realised kind of we're at, this is a difficult league now because we've had three three good results or three decent results and then we've been in against lags maybe some boys thinking this will be a, a three three pointer here just with the way we've started and it certainly was in it Obviously, you both come in in the summer. Was it? What was your thoughts immediately, Tony, when you went in there? What was it? What was it like when you went in? And obviously, after the the season they'd had before, obviously COVID, was it a big? Did you did you think it would be a big job to pick the team up for where they were? Well, to be honest, I went in and there wasn't a team. Aye. George, the chairman, had said, "Me, you want to come in and meet the players?" And I went up, and there was there was four four players sitting in the dressing room. And, and one other player who was still contracted to the club but was actually on loan from another club. Right. And none of the remaining players had signed deals to stay at the club. So we actually had no players whatsoever. Um, to be fair though, the four players that were in that night signed signed forms that night. And then we just kind of just slowly went about it. Listen, it was a massive job. Listen, it was in a couple of weeks later, there was times when I was sitting in the house going, what have I done? Why have I touched this? I don't. I don't need to take this because it's that way. You're getting. You have good positive signing talks with players, and then you get a phone call or a text the next day saying, oh, "I'm going to leave it. I'm going to go elsewhere." And you think, "Oh, I need to go and start again and find the next one." But listen, you lose a couple, and then maybe you get a couple in a row. You maybe get two, three, four, miss out the next one, and you get another couple, and then before you know it, you start looking at your squad as a whole, and you can see it kind of coming together. And, no, and by the time we started pre-season, we were really, really pleased with um, the group that we had put together. Oh, brilliant. Danny, what was your thoughts, obviously, when you went in? Was it, did you kind of quit with the dressing room straight away? I definitely, like, um, I think last year, obviously, I was at Gartcairn last year, and I think that was one of the things we lacked, and not through any fault of the boys or the club or anything like that, we just couldn't get that sort of team morale and the camaraderie around the dressing room didn't have used to the dressing room. It was just whereas yeah. straight away, obviously meeting the boys, everyone kind of like minded and that, and it is a really good dressing room to be honest here. Like I've been in a few decent ones, and it's it's certainly up there. The boys in it are great, and some experienced boys, some young boys, and that. But everyone's definitely kind of we're kind of a tight unit, and we're, we're definitely all working in the same direction. We're all aiming for the same goal, so. No, no massive egos, nothing like that. Just good boys in the dressing room, which is all you really want. Yeah, absolutely. The two big two big wins during the season were obviously the away win against Troon and then the home win against Hurlford. Tony, how massive victories were them? Um, huge, because the one away to Troon, midweek game away down to Troon, and Dan, don't, I think Danny was suspended or something, or injured or something, so we didn't we have Danny, so... So obviously we were main centre half, um, but we signed Steve McDevitt that day from Pollock and he came in and we just threw him straight in at centre half. He was great. And, but it, we didn't play particularly well. We ground it up, which was a really pleasing thing. As a manager, it's really pleasing sometimes. You, it's better seeing your players grinding out a result rather than kind of playing that free-flowing stuff. We got a clean sheet, a 1-0 victory. And no, it was a massive three points after um, the difficulty that kind of previous to because after that was after the Largs in the medal game. So it was important that we kind of got something and to go to Troon and come away with three points and a clean sheet without Danny was that was massive. 
not just for myself, but I think for the, the rest of the players as well. And was the game against Sorrowford as well, particularly at home, did that stick out as a big one? That again, massive one again, because I won the win, clean sheet, finished the game with nine men. Um, That's right. Eh? Danny sent off, Lee Davidson sent off for about the 14th time this season. Um, so we were up against it. And we actually we were playing really, really well. And then we lost, obviously, the two boys. And it was, and we put, we had a striker on. He put him on, Scott Thompson was injured. And he came on, he got injured, had to take him back off again. So we ended up, we, played, we finished the game, we just, just defending it. It was just like a game, just defence, we attack. Hurlford were just coming at us and we were just clearing it, heading it and kicking it anywhere. But no, again, it's great when you see your team getting three points in that manner. Yeah, definitely. Danny, what happened against Hurlford? Obviously, the ref had a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> no, to be honest, like, uh, the, the one felt mine was mine was probably a sending off. It was it was a kind of last man boy through through himself to the ground. The same way I'd expect my strikers to, to get a, a decision. I get a red, and then really he was um, his was definitely harsh. To be honest, yeah, I know we say that, and he says it all the time. But he tackles the way, and you're not allowed to in the game. Like a few of the tackles he puts in, brilliant tackles. You're, like you're delighted with that and then the ref just jumps out red card and he was his was definitely unfair to be honest with you mate um, so but watching being able to watch for the side and obviously them still putting up the three points that's massive because you've you've thrown the boys under the bus but me me and kind of less solely um, and then they've got three points that makes it kind of even sweeter and then obviously the, they're on the, the five defeats in six so obviously you, you mentioned there obviously the games against like Pollock, Talbot the Buffs it, Clyde Bank, they were all the way for home. The one against Rob Roy, was that a sore one, Tony? Oh, it was horrible. Absolutely horrible. I, it was very similar to the Lars game. Mm-hmm. That, um, because we knew we were in the middle of that run with all the really difficult fixtures, so you're always looking at Rob Roy, and it's, it's no, you know, I think that's an easy game, but you're going, right, that's, that's a game where we need to go and try and get points in this run. And again, like the Lars game, we started really, really well. And we, I remember turning around to um, John Hughes that day and saying, we, we're at it here. We're really at it. We looked really good. We looked in the mood. We just couldn't score. And then Rob Roy broke away from, I think it was our throw-in about halfway line. He just broke away and scored. It was from nothing. And then for there, it was just, oh, it just went from bad to worse. It was just, it was horrible. And obviously the, well, Danny, what was your thoughts in that that game in particular, and obviously the the five defeats for six? Is it is it bad to, is it bad in the dressing room when you're in a kind of run like that? Is it hard to get confidence and get kind of motivated to to go out and try? I don't know. It affects some boys differently. Like some boys are just absolutely miserable, depressed with that, and then other boys try to keep the, the morale up and stuff. And training is always quite positive. I would say, like, there's there's no after a heavy defeat you get just ran the full night. I don't personally I don't think that does anything for them. It just demoralises them even more. So we were never allowed to be down with the defeats. We, we, we realised obviously it wasn't acceptable. Some of them, especially Paul, and listen, Paul were brilliant that night and. Um, but still, five goals doesn't acceptable for any team to lose at, at the same level as you really. Um, against co-winning, boys were really unlucky. Um, co-winning were probably the better team, but they held in right to the end and they had a, chat, they had a, a couple of chances to get something for it. As I said, obviously, wasn't it? Um, Talbot, 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 and I think the boys defended really well. We're unlucky. Um, I think it was 0-0 at half-time, Tony. Um, and then they, went, they came out second half and 
a goal for again. I mean, we're obviously biased because I've mentioned a few times tonight, but the ref for some reason just kind of allows the play to go. And I, I can't even remember you making a substitution or something. What was it? Yeah, the, first, the first goal was across to the right, and big TV heads it, it hits the bar, bounces down and out. And he's got his hands in his head because he's like, it's no in. But the lino runs away and gives a goal. And oh, their, their players, to be fair, are going like, it's never in. It's nowhere near in. And then, so the whole dynamic of the game changed on that because they were starting to get frustrated and they were shooting for kind of daft um, areas of the pitch and stuff like that. So the game plan was kind of working. But as soon as they go 1-0 up, they started to relax. And then they just kind of, they just kind of ground us down and... Um, and then I think it finished three, three now or something like that. But I mean, obviously after that as well, you've got the big. You've got you've got a, a few three twos this season, with both for and against you. The three two one against Bournemouth was that was that another one that you it was massive, Tony? Aye, because the weather that day was horrendous. Well, aye, that was a bad weather day, wasn't it? Bouncing down, but. Again, no disrespect to Bonington, but we were desperate to get the game on because, again, we're targeting going, this is a game where we should be looking to go and get points. And we did. We, we played really, really well that day. We were excellent. But we found ourselves behind twice. <laughs> it was like you're standing at the side of the pitch and going, how is this happening? Because we were so, so good. But then we managed to, we got an equaliser, I think we about, about a minute to go or something like that, and then we, and we got a winner in injury time. So... That was a huge, huge three points. Did you have that feeling as well, Danny? They were a massive three points after that game. Aye, definitely. Um, Bonneton had a hard run as well, and they were they were up for it equally as much as ourselves. And um, good few players at Bonneton, and um, but I think that was probably one of our sort of better all round performances of the season. So when you're two two one down with five left, you're thinking that's absolutely no luck at all. And then the boys dug in, and um, I think it was Booby that get the winner um, and you've seen the relief for the boys and that it was a good celebration and again just a kind of massive three points with session we were in five minutes prior to that I think in the two games I think we played Coburn and we played Bonneton and with five to go in both games we had no points we were getting beat off both of them and we managed to get an equaliser against Coburn and then the winner against Bonneton so that's four massive points you know what I mean because the boys have got a good attitude and can I never say die attitude? Um, so that's why it's always important to stay tight in the game and then give us give ourselves a chance against any team. The last three games obviously have been defeats. The the three 0 defeat against Glenafton, then three twos against Bead and Darvel. Tony, that's when you look at them in paper, you think like Bead and Darvel. All reports where you are really really in these the games and we're probably unlucky not to get anything. Do you kind of go along with that sentiment? Aye, the, the, the Glenafton one we were well beat. Um, we were well beat that day. Um, I actually was pretty impressed with Glenafton. I thought they were actually pretty good. The Beef one was really disappointing because the goals we lost were they were horrendous. They were just really, really poor goals. And we had a good game plan before the game. We knew we were going to hurt them on corners and set plays. We did. We scored from a corner. We scored for a set play. Um, but we just the goals we just conceded were just were just horrible. And then, listen, the Darvel one at the weekend there, it's difficult, but Darvel are a top, top side, and they're not just full of good players. Their players are all six-foot giants, man, as well. They're all absolute units. And we and we were at actual bare bones at the weekend. Like, we were scraping together 
my match secretary was asking me for my team lines, and I was like, I've not even got a team yet. I'm waiting to see who crawls out my physio's bed first before I can name it. <laughs> so we knew we were going to give up loads and loads of possession in the game. It was the only way we could really go about it. And we kind of frustrated them. And they had a lot of the ball. They weren't really doing anything. But because they've got good players, as soon as you switch off, they punish you. And then but the players did great. We worked ever, ever so hard. And we've done brilliant to get back to each. And then, again, it was just a penalty with a few minutes to go that they get. I was shouting at the game that it wasn't a penalty, but I haven't seen it back. It's a stonewall, stonewall penalty. So, <laughs> but again, no, but... It was a weird one, Saturday, because I came away and although we got beat and you never want to get beat, I came away quite content though with the players because I'd seen the actual effort that they'd put in. Um, and I thought, no, do you know what? Even though we've come through a bad run, they're still with us and they're still, they're still at it. Would you share their thoughts, Dar- Danny? I definitely. Darbo were a top team with good players in it. and um, I, Players that could play really most levels or like League One down probably some I don't know like Kirky etc brilliant players um, so I we gave up a lot of possession which was probably the first time we've really played like that to be honest here like Tony set us up like that and I think it, okay we didn't get any points but 3-2 defeat against Davo isn't the worst result in the world like it's, we want to get points and stuff like that but many teams will get absolutely spanked off Davo this year so um and again, for it to be last five and we've, we've conceded the penalty when we've got ourselves right back in the game um, was disappointing. But it's, it's one of the things, it's it's, it's not really, as, as Tony mentioned, it's not really kind of one of the games you're, you're expecting to get points from. So it's, it's almost a bit of a free hit. And, um, we, listen, when we play like that against Davo, we know that we've got a, a chance against other teams in the league. So if, if we prepare ourselves and set ourselves up right. Yeah, Absolutely. We'll touch about in your cup runs as well. Obviously, you're still sitting in the south. You've got a game against Glasgow United in the next round, but your your junior cup run, you've done well in the first round, beating Colburnley then the second round, the the one against Lurie United away, and then obviously the third round was Meadow uh, away. It was five two, and it? it was a. Right. How was uh, how kind of good were the cup runs up until obviously Meadow, Tony? Hey, they're, they're good. I mean. This is probably the last time the, the Junior Cup will probably go, I think. I don't think right. it'll go again. So, and, and I kept saying to the players, listen, there's so much to play for this season. There's so many cup competitions. And with seven teams going down, different teams are going to prioritise different things. So you might you might see somebody winning the Scottish the Junior Cup that you wouldn't have expected to win it yeah. because other teams are kind of looking elsewhere. So I kept saying to them, why can it not be you? I mean, you just go and make a name for yourself. And we did well. Coburn game, we beat them. We played really well. Livingston again, we played well. Meadow game, again, it was just really, really sloppy goals we conceded. Like, poor, poor goals. It's just individual mistakes cost you. And then and Meadow have got good players, you know what I mean? So if you make these mistakes, they're not going to let you off the hook. Darren, what was your thoughts on the, the cup run? Is it good to is it good conference when you get kind of quite far in the competitions? I, I, I mean, I, it probably is, but I wouldn't say we were very far in that. I know we got the third round in that, but um, I was I was in my bed with a sickness bug for medal, but I I don't think even speaking to the boys and stuff like that, I think there was that was we let ourselves down that day. I don't think um, we performed the way we can. I think only one. <laughs> 
good players on my way at it and that's not enough against a team like Meadow. So um, disappointing, to be honest. I, I would have liked to have went a wee bit further and at the end of the day, you were getting Talbot in the next round, do you know what I mean? So whether or not people, they thought, well, was that's, that's a defeat. I don't know other people out with me, but you never know in a cup competition. And Honestly, again, I think if if we have our strongest 11, we're a match for, we, we can be a match for anyone, honestly. We've got a very good squad, but we've just not had a, a kind of fully fit squad all season. We'll touch about obviously later on and what's coming up for you as well, but we'll move on to talking about, about your careers. You've obviously both been in the game a while. Tony, you had a established playing career, obviously had a, a really good time with Rutherglen and things like that. What was your kind of favourite memories of your playing career? Um, I think every time I always played, I never ever chased money anywhere. I always My moves were always deciding where I thought I could go and win things. So I think you always remember winning things. I mean, collecting medals, I just think at this level especially, your night suit are tremendous when you've won. I mean, they're brilliant. Dressing room. I mean, some of the stuff that goes on in dressing rooms is, is unbelievable. And that, even for me when I retired, that's that's probably the thing you miss the most. It's not so much even playing. It's just that dressing room. Now, getting in there and stories, even when you get older, you you come in on Monday and you're, you're looking for the young boys to give you a bit of gossip what, what they've been up to at the weekends because their life's totally different from what you're living there. Um, so it's that part you miss. So I would say just winning things and then getting to celebrate. That's, I'm like when Dave and Danny were obviously lucky enough to win a cup final when we both played at Cumberland Old. Right. And I mean, that night out we had was unbelievable. It still gets spoke about to that this day. I mean, so no, things like that are definitely winning. And then it's just... The people that you then keep in contact with for the rest of your life. I mean, you just think sometimes you think oh, I'm just training on a Monday, Wednesday, playing a Saturday. But these guys, I mean, you rely on them for loads and loads of things. Um, and not even just from football. Like now, you phone them up and say, "Can you go and watch a game for me? Can you go and watch a player for me?" And and people's inputs massive. I mean, especially people that you trust. Yeah, definitely. Danny, what was your kind of memories of your playing career up until you, you went back to Cumbernauld? Obviously, you played with Cumbernauld, won a trophy, and then spells at Talbot and Pollock and that. What was your kind of sticks out to you your early career? Eh, like, Cumbernauld was just, for me, the best, mate, to be honest. Like, you know, that, some people would think, well, Paul, Talbot, etc. Like, they were all amazing, but in terms of memories and stuff, under Queenie, um, El Gaffrey, Cumbernauld, like, that was just... It was always a thing you were craving after you like, I was there for three years as a young well, the start, so twenty to what twenty-three and um Queenie was just there's not even words to explain what he's like, mate. He's just he's a constant buzz. So like training was amazing. You would act you turn up for training at seven o'clock and you'd still be in the dressing room at quarter past eight and like he'd just be telling stories and winding folk up and that. He's just a great guy and loved it coming along, especially the third year, but when we won the cup that year, we were we ended up finishing fourth in the league, which was disappointing because with the squad that Queenie and Geo had built, we we ex, we can't expect the minimum of the playoffs. So that finishing third, we we missed that. So that then kind of a lot of boys wanted to kind of try themselves in the the league above, which was myself as well. Went to Rob Roy, and had a good time at Rob Roy as well. And then kind of early in the, the first season, uh, Talbot had. Phoned and spoke to us and says they were interested possibly getting us in that season. Um, ended up leaving it till the end of the season. 
Talbot's something else, mate, to be honest. Like, Ayrshire's something else for, for, for football. Like, you don't really realise how important that is to the, the community and things. It's it's not that way up in Glasgow to, in the majority of cases because Celtic and Rangers. Whereas they've obviously, as much as they're far enough away that they they prioritise a local community club and that. And Talbot was an eye-opener. Um, still is an eye-opener when you go down, when fans used to obviously treat you quite well and then you go down and you think, oh, I don't know what you did I actually do to use, man. But yeah, they, they, they live for, they live for the, their, their club and that. And it's, I've enjoyed it. Listen, I'm 31 now, so I don't play for how much longer I've got other things on. So um, I've enjoyed my career. Talbot Paul, like you don't really get, well, you don't get bigger than that at this level. So to have a wee bit of time at each club was, was great. Tony, you obviously retired last uh, past couple of years and then obviously got into management. Before we get into how you get into management, what was it like, obviously, kind of hanging out the boots? Was it hard? I always thought it would be, but see, by the point that when the decision was really took out my hands because my back was in that yeah. much mess, um, I was actually pretty relieved when the kind of decision came because I was just playing. I was in so much pain. I mean, I remember playing against Clyde Bank on the Astro. And I was running, and it was my bottom two discs, and my back kept popping out. And I was needing to push them back in during games, but then eventually the, the, the disc burst, so the water was away. So they were just grinding, and I was <laughs> playing clean bank, and I'm running by the referee, and the referee said to me, "Somebody sounds as though they've got keys in their pocket." <laughs> and I said, "No, that's my back." <laughs> and, he, and he started laughing and walked away. And then I ran by him a couple of minutes later, and he went, "That is your back, it's making that noise." I know. And I couldn't move. After playing on the Astro, it was for about two or three days, I literally couldn't move. And I was like, I just can't do it anymore. So it was a kind of relief at the end. And then, obviously, how did it come about? You ended up getting into management. Was it always a plan to get into coaching when you stopped playing? And I know so much coaching, to be honest. Once even ever I played, I always wanted to manage. Never ever wanted to coach. Couldn't ever be bothered with it. But when I was going through the injuries at Glencairn to keep because I wasn't able to train during the week and just playing the, at the weekends they were saying to me just get more involved taking training and then I kind of just got the buzz for it kind of coaching and uh, just loved it and it just kind of rolled for there I've now got my own coaching school and stuff like that as well so I loved it and then but I know management that was always something that I wanted to, to go and try and then the Cumbernauld job how did that come about when did you first hear that you were you could have been going to Cumbernauld to take over I was just, I was sitting in the house and George Watson's name just came out on my phone. I was like, that's weird. I was like, sure. Money. Money. Um, and he's not going to be phoning me to say, I'll you money. So, <laughs> and I answered that. And then he just said, look, he said, it's no common knowledge yet, but Kieran Mack and Espy's away. Would you be interested? And it kind of caught me off guard. I mean, because I was quite, I was quite comfortable where I was at Glencairn doing what I was doing. And, I went up and we had a few chats about this and that, and he told me what his plans were for the club. And I thought, actually, you know what? I may as well. Premier League, it's better to go and start in the Premier League than to try and get. It's easy to get players to come and play for you if you're in the Premier League. I mean, rather if you're starting in a kind of Conference League, maybe lowly done, you're not going to get players like Danny. He's not going to come and play for you at that level. So I was like, oh, I'll just go, we'll have a bash and we'll see where it takes us. We've got a wee question about your, about a, a certain person's reaction to that later on, but we'll touch on that later on in the show. 
Danny, what was it? Obviously, you spent time in Cumber Mall. This is your second spell. What was it like when when you heard that you were kind of possibility going back? No, I didn't think. I wasn't sure what Gio was up to. To be honest, you letting this come back, mate. Um, <laughs> the listen, I would. I had more or less agreed. Well, in fact, I had agreed to sign elsewhere, but nothing had been signed. And Tony had phoned us and says, "Look, again, kind of not common knowledge. There's a good chance of getting the job here." Um, what's your thoughts and Tony I've agreed to sign elsewhere and he's like ah, right we'll sign then and I was like no and he's like right so you've no sign then and have a think about it so listen I, I had a great time with Tony coming up before always kept in contact I'm a great guy and that so it was I hated to have to do it like as I go back to the, the other manager and say listen it's no um, I'm, I'm going with Tony and that and I did have a, a, a decent think about it and stuff like that but when I kind of weighed everything up, it was the best thing for me. Like, I knew Tony. Tony knew me. Um, he knew what I can bring and what I can give and also what my, my weaknesses are. And, um, listen, it was it was an easy decision after all. Like, it's the hardest part of it was letting down the other gaffer who was great with and um, really understanding as well, to be honest with you. So, I was delighted to be back and delighted to um, kind of rekindle a friendship with George after letting him down a few years before. Right, we're going to put you in the spot. If you've seen the show, you know it's a, we put the manager on the spot with some quick fire manager questions, and then we put the, the player on the spot with some teammate questions. Tony, you ready to be put in the spot here? Yes. Right. Obviously, you might know these questions were written before anything happened. So, Gerard or Postacoglu? Postacoglu. Right. <laughs> Favourite other sport? Ooh, badminton. Who's the best character you've ever met in football? Oh. Oh. Character? Oh. Rap here. Three play you can sign three players from your rivals in the West of Scotland Premier Division. Who would they be and why? I would take Adam Ford. Okay. Um, he's top class striker, terrific. Um, I would take. Who do I need? Who do I need? <laughs> um, I would take. Oh, I would take the boy, um, Kirker for Fedavo. Thought he was. I thought he was terrific. Just watching at the weekend, I thought his movement touch, but he was, I think by far he's been the best we've seen in this league so far this season. Anyway, I need, I've got two young goalies, so I'd probably take a goalie. Um, I, love, I love Chris Trusdale at Davo. I was with him at Glen Cairn. I think he's terrific. I'll take him. Who's the best player you played with? David Dixon. Who's the worst? Ooh, it's TJ. <laughs> win the league or win the Scottish Cup league who's your favourite manager in the league this league mm-hmm. um, Gordon Moffat who's your best friend in football Ooh. I think I fell out with him though <laughs> um, made through football probably Donny Wilson how important is it to improve the infrastructure at the club Listen, we're always trying to improve. Um, I think coming old, to be fair, we've got one of the best setups kind of going about. I mean, our training facilities are first class. I mean, I don't think anybody else has got their own 
nine aside Asher Turf training facility. Um, we've got five aside parts, a seven aside pitch. Really good thing. We're only thinking missing um, floodlights, stuff like that. And then Geo, we used to have a sauna and Geo get rid of it, which is <laughs> pretty poor. Aye. Favourite film? Um, the Commitments. Favourite TV show? Oh, Money Heist. Messi or Ronaldo? Messi. Who's your least favourite manager in the league? Maxi. <laughs> right what we're going to do is we're going to move it over to Danny but what we're going to obviously with the teammates questions Tony you can chip in and answer anything if you disagree with Danny then please chip in as well alright so Danny you ready for these questions yeah on you best dancer uh, really Davidson probably worst dancer uh, big hands <laughs> Future manager. Ooh. Uh, maybe Dev. Best trainer. McD. Who's the worst? Um, who's the worst? T. Mm. Scotty Thompson, probably. To be honest, Scotty oh, Thompson. What a player, by the way. But hates training. Loves a Chinese. Hardman. Hardman. Sankey, uh, probably. McDee. I will. Yeah. Most skillful. Um, Booby. Nice. Quickest player. Um, probably Jay or Hanzo. Who's the slowest? Aye, okay. T on you go. Well, fuck anyone, any defenders. <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on, you're probably slightly quicker than Jordan Kennedy. No, I only mean Jordy's injured. <laughs> Best character in the dressing room? Uh, there's a few. Like, Lee's a great character. Um, Big Haggis. Uh, and then McDee's just his experience and stuff like that. So, a few decent characters. What's dress sense? Um... Probably Jay Bears, all that stupid Pam Angels nonsense thinks it's fashionable, just social media passionate. Clark Crocs. Well, either then this is where we're Final one, teacher's pet. Who sucks up the manager the most? Mm. Uh, maybe Paddy. Tony, have any responses to the questions that you, you disagree with? No, pretty fair. But, uh, I don't know about Big David. I was surprised at that one. No. Just, um, yeah, I've yet to hear him speak, so. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a manager, but I don't know, manager in an office or something like that. Maybe not a football manager. Right, as you know, if you've seen the show, you know we, we get in touch with some people close to both men and ask them if there's any stories they want us to ask about. First, The first one we've got is, Ask Tony about a takeaway carton. <laughs> this was when I was back in my very early days at Vela Clyde. You used to get changed for training. And then when you were changed, you would get into the sitting the committee room and just eat custard creams. As we were leaving one night, Tony Wilson arrived late and he was eating some takeaway for his dinner. He just finished his work. 
so he's been in and get changed and then he came into the committee room and he's like, I, I don't want the rest of these chips. Does anybody want these? And Paul Thompson's like, oh, I'll have them. I'm starving. And he gave Paul Thompson the carton. And Paul put his hand under it, so it's still hot. And he, is, he opens it. It was this, the biggest Mr. Whippy number two you can ever imagine in this takeaway carton. And on, every time I tell that story, I can still smell it. It's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's class, though. Brilliant. Danny, how do you how do you get on at Auckland Lake when you go down? Yeah, I try not to go down. So <laughs> I, I caught COVID deliberately, so I didn't have to go down last time. But um no, I, I listen, it's banter into it, it's a good laugh, so I enjoy it. Um never had the greatest of spells as an opposition player going down there. So um they certainly enjoy giving me a torn abuse, but I did a wee bit back on them uh, not long after I left and playing with Rob Roy and we were 3-1 down and we won 4-3 and kind of ran up to the fans I don't know what I was doing I got a wee bit carried out of myself first game of the season ended up finishing I think 10th Talbot won it so I think they got the last laugh didn't they Brilliant Tony how did Wally Harvey take you take your news of going to uh, Cumbermould To be fair he took it well he's a great guy Wally do you know what I mean Um he was obviously disappointed, but no, listen, Wally's been massive throughout my whole career. He was the first he was the first guy that brought me into this level. He was my first manager. He's obviously gave me my first chance at coaching and, and stuff like that as well. So no, I owe him millions and millions for my whole kind of career. And it was great with me when I phoned him. Listen, disappointed, but listen, it's Wally. He wished me all the best. And then he was nice on the phone. He was putting nice things on Twitter and Facebook, but believe me, he wasn't texting me nice things. <laughs> Brilliant. Danny, what's it like playing under Tony? Is it different to how he is as a player? Uh, no, I mean, Tony was obviously the latter stages of his career when he was uh, when I was at Common Old, and um, he, he, as a captain, he was always quite similar. He had the same kind of hunger and expectation, or driving expectation, sorry, of the players. Um, and... Queenie obviously uh, or Gaffer at the time signed Tony um, because he knew the type of person he was and that and he's not changed in, in any way at all and he's always still a good guy but still if you, whether you were playing beside him or playing under him it, it would go through you like if you did something wrong and that's what you expect like you, you need your Gaffer to do that you need um, to kind of toe the line and stuff like that and he had his that way his, his, um, when he was our captain as well Brilliant We'll touch a wee bit on what's coming up for you. Obviously, the the league kind of kicks kicks off again on Saturdays. Of a massive game against Blantyre. Some of the games you've got coming up in the league, you've games against Blantyre, Bonnet, and Rutherglen, Ben, Bob, Rossville. They're all kind of teams kind of round about the same position. Tony, how massive is that run to get a few wins under your belt in the games? Listen, no, it's huge. Right up from this Saturday at Blantyre, right up to the break for Christmas. Um, so it's a huge, huge. However many weeks it is, massive. We've had a chat about it um, last week as a group. I think the players realise how big it is as well. So, no, we're expecting, as we've set ourselves a target for these games, that will obviously remain within the group. But, no, it's games that we'll be looking to go and attack and, and see and win. Listen, these are the teams that are at our level within our leagues. We're... We're basically playing in the same league as these teams. We're not playing in the same league as what Paul and Talbots and Darvos are playing. There's two leagues within the league. So, like, 
and it's no disrespect to Blantyre or Bonington or Glencairn or whoever it is we're playing because they'll all be looking and saying the exact same thing about yeah. us um, they'll be looking and going come on all that's a chance for us to get points on the board as well just as equal as us but no we, we realise it's it, uh, it's a run that we need to go and um, add to the points definitely need to add Danny how, how big is the next few weeks for the club? Ah, huge to be honest with you um, we know that as a group of players and management have made sure we're aware of that but alongside that it's Tony's alluded to we're under no illusions as well these teams will be coming looking at club and all thinking that's a, that we need three points for this so um, we've got to be on our game um, at times this season it like lagged against teams maybe around us we, we weren't and we were maybe a wee bit too big for our boots so we, we've been brought kind of firmly back to ground with the past few results that we know that these are absolutely huge run up to Christmas so we see how we go with that and then we kind of go into the new year hopefully in a better place than we currently are yeah, definitely. We can all wish you all the best for the season. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you both on. Thanks very much for joining us. Brilliant. Thanks very much to everyone that's tuned in. Please subscribe to our podcast and YouTube channels. And as always, follow us on social media. Thanks very much, everyone. We'll see you soon. Cheers. Yeah.